When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Australian Summer of Athletics, all thanks to Chemist Warehouse, is almost here. Our speaker, Stewie McSwain, who has joined me in the studio. Stewie, hello to you. Nah, thanks a lot for having me on today. You're watching the NBA, mate. You're caught up in all the screens, aren't you? Yeah, it's an amazing setup. Um, pretty cool to actually come in and see. I've obviously listened to it over the years. I love listening to when you're on. And uh, yeah, it's um, yeah, pretty cool setup we got in. Just before, we'll get, we'll get deeper into how it's all looking for you after the news. But the, the topic today is about uh, greatest athlete, number one in sport this particular century. I, I had Usain Bolt, but there's an argument for like 30 other athletes. A lot of people off the text. You're in the track and field world. You, I assume at some point have come across Usain. Just give us a little bit of a background into Usain Bolt and not just him on track, but the whole experience. Yeah, I think obviously Usain's a great shout. Um, the way he was able to dominate for such a long period in the 100 and 200, which it could po- probably be the hardest events to be mm-hmm. dominant in, in in the world of athletics. So, um, yeah, he was amazing to be able to do it for so long. And he just had that different vibe that, that this guy is, yeah, unbelievable. Anytime you'd a track mate with him, the crowd would stop when he was in the blocks. He was ready to go. In the meet hotel, the other athletes would be going up to him asking for autographs, pitches, whatever. He was just on a different le- level, kind of like a godlike level compared to even the, the other athletes on the world circuit. So um, for me, he'd be the top in athletics for sure. And um, yeah, I'm sure that holds up pretty well across other sports as well. You, you did tell me once, and I find this, we, we talk about transcending sport. I've used it a lot of times today, but this is what you need to do to be, I think, in this conversation. You told me this time about how you'd go to a, a meet and he would have to have the whole floor of the hotel blocked out just for him and his crew, which kind of gives a suggestion how how big he was, not just on the outside, but in the inside as well. Yeah, so sometimes at meets you'd walk, get the, you'd skip the lift, go up the stairs, and you'd get past level three or wherever, um, and they'd have security there just blocking the whole way, <laughs> trying to stop other athletes from annoying Bolt. He'd have the whole corridor there just just for him. So I think that shows how good he was. Um, that yeah, he even to get a break from the other athletes in meet hotels, he kind of had to separate himself just because. Um, he was just such a big name in the sport um, and had a, such an amazing career that everyone wanted to, yeah, pester him for a photo or an autograph. Now, just quickly, you uh, just go one-on-one with Tanasi Kokonakis, did you? Of course, the Australian Open isn't far away. You, were you swinging a rack with one of our, our best tennis players, is that right? Yeah, so I was lucky enough to have a hit with him this morning. So um, it was pretty cool to see. It's crazy with other sports how good they are. Like, he was just chipping him in. I was trying to hit it as hard as I could, and, yeah, I was nowhere near. I couldn't, could barely even see his serve, so... Um, yeah, it's crazy how, how good those guys are. And obviously he's building up for a big summer in the Australian Open coming up. How do you enjoy being in the presence or at least being involved in conversations with other athletes, similar age to you, who go through similar things in, in an individual sport, have to deal with injuries and disappointment and the highs and, and lows? Do you glean from your conversations and get advice and, and swap stories that, that can help you and, and the person you're talking to? 
Yeah, I think you can learn a lot, a lot from cross sports. I think any sportsman, you're going to have ups and downs, whatever goes on in your career. So to hear how other people deal with them, um, how they tackle their sports, both mentally and physically, I think you can pick up a lot of things as well. Um, even though, yeah, you're in completely different sports, a lot of the things are similar, whether that's training, commitment, whatever. So, yeah, it's good picking other sports brain. I love watching other sports, trying to pick up little techniques and stuff as well. So I think you definitely can um, get some improvement from, yeah, not only watching, but speaking to other guys in other sports. Stu McSwain in studio, Olympian in Tokyo, of course. Paris not far away, a huge chemist warehouse, Australian summer of athletics on the horizon. So we're going to pick his brain. Plenty more on the other side of the news with Amy Drew. Afternoons on SEN, Cam Luke filling in. Dwayne Russell relaxing over the festive season. He'll be back in January. For a big 2024, it's the Nuggets 31 over the Clippers 19. First quarter nearly ended. But Stuart McSwain is in studio, of course. Tokyo Olympian, world championship rep, superstar over the... Well, that's actually what I might ask you. I was going to say 1,500 metres, which is traditionally where you have applied your main trade. But towards Paris, how how do you make a decision on a 1,500 metre compared to a 5,000 or both or one over the other. How, how does it work from you from this day towards the Paris Olympics? Yeah, I think I've kind of got to, I'll try and qualify for both, mm-hmm. um, the 1500, 5K. Unfortunately, at the Olympics, you can't do both events. You so can't, so that the schedule means you can't do them. Otherwise, you'd be running heats on the same day. Oh. So unless you're um, a Usain Bolt-like athlete, mm-hmm. um, you're not able to do that. So I'll hopefully, yeah, try and qualify for both and then make a decision what I think my best chance of ultimately being in that final and trying to do really well in is. So when you when you talk about that and you're talking with your coach or your management and your and your whole crew, is it is it based on the event that you're running better in or the event that you believe you have more of a chance to medal in? Because the fifteen hundred is so incredibly deep right now. The five thousand, it's the Olympic Games, so it's it's going to be jam packed. But it feels the fifteen hundred is at one level that we've almost never seen before. So is it a I can medal here or am I better suited to this particular event? Yeah, I think it's a combo. Obviously, you're going to take in the current form, how you've been racing in the lead up, especially the European races leading up as well, will give you a good idea. Um, but also, it's yeah, it depends a lot on the what the competition is yeah. doing. Obviously, you want to be in the event, you think you have the best chance to win a medal in. So, um, yeah, if I think I have a better chance in the 5K, I'll happily step up and hopefully do the 5K. Or if I think I'm the best in the 15, hopefully I can yeah, nail the 1500. Let's go back to Tokyo because it was a, a unique, weird time in the world due to COVID and the pandemic and restrictions and all the rest of it. And 12 months later, the, the Olympic Games, than what they were originally scheduled. Uh, no one in the, in the stands. Uh, did it all take away from the Olympic experience for you? Uh, I think, uh, obviously, Olympics is amazing, but mm. you do want to have your family and friends there. Yeah. Um, obviously, the atmosphere would have been different. The stadium was amazing, so having crowd, um, a cr- massive crowd in there would have been a different atmosphere. Yeah. would have made a different experience, but I think at the end of the day, you're, you're at Olympic Games. You're there to do a job. Um, so the, the little factors like that, you're kind of so focused on just trying to do your job, get through the rounds, run well in the final, and then, yeah, take it from there. Talk about that final because you, you ran so particularly well. You, you took it on. You're, you're an athlete who, who has a crack. It's, 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 it, it's admirable the way you run at different times. And, and sometimes it, it looks like you're, you're out of gas, but you got that sort of endurance from the 5,000 metres. You, you told me a wonderful story about one lap out compared to 100 metres later. Just, just take us through that, that final for you. Yeah, so obviously it's a weird experience. I'm you, you're on the start line. You with twelve other guys going. One of us is going to be Olympic champion. Three and a half minutes. So um, yeah, it was kind of nerve wracking experience. I, I felt amazing during the race until 
about 4.50 to go, I kind of was in third coming into the bell um, and was kind of thinking, geez, am I half a chance here if I can have a good lap? But unfortunately, I got a little bit tired, 300 to go, and yeah, it was a long way home. And unfortunately, I only ended up seventh, but um, yeah, it took a lot of, lot of positives from it as well. As we've had many conversations about, it's not only seventh, it's seventh at the Olympic Games, and, and it was a remarkable run, and, and one that early in your career is is going to be the springboard to greater things. Do you think about, like, do you, do you think about the, like, for us, you know, overweight people who sit behind a microphone we, and we, we talk about the Olympic Games as a, as a major motivating factor. Is it is it one that you think about that particular day and race that motivates you to continue to do what you do? Yeah, I think so. Especially in athletics, the Olympics is a pinnacle. Obviously, we only get it once every four years, um, three years with COVID, um, yep. which made it a bit shorter this time. But you're trying to peak for that one week over that four years. So there's massive buildup. I think compared to any other event, the Olympics, the buildup's just so much bigger. The interest from family, friends, media is just so much bigger. So um, you want to make sure that week you, you're there and you, you represent yourself as best as you can. Um, and also give give the effort that you feel um, that the people that support you um, and help you get there um, deserve as well. COVID stuffed you around, right? Like you you had some 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 struggles with, with COVID or your, or your health after that particular year, right? How, how, how are you feeling now? How, how do you feel if you're a long distance runner, you're, you're running a major amount of kilometers every week, COVID and, and illness and injury. How, how much does it stop the momentum for what you've got? Yeah. So obviously 2021, I felt like I, everything just rolled so smoothly. I didn't really have any injuries or whatever. And then 2022, I unfortunately got sick at the start of the season. So um, at the, the elite level in running, if you're missing time early in the season, it's hard to turn it back and come back and compete with the top guys. Yeah. So, um, I fortunately was able to turn it around, um, and have a solid result at the world champs that year. But I think the big focus this year is just staying healthy, putting the weeks of training together, um, that ultimately would give me a good chance to try and achieve what I want, want to try and achieve in Paris next year. How much of a conversation do you have on a ongoing basis? Like when we're talking about the, the Australian summer, which we'll touch on a bit more in depth in a moment, but yeah, when when you're planning from now until Paris, is it just you and your coach? Is it is there other factors that, that play into it? Is it a do you have the calendar out and you're looking at Diamond League and places it, it's logistically a little tougher to run? Like how much meticulous preparation goes into this? Because you're right, you've got to peak for three and a half minutes on one particular night in Paris to make so much of this worthwhile in the in the sense of an Olympic Games. How much prep and how often do you sit down and have to go through these type of things? Yeah, obviously you'll start the season with the plan, but that's adaptable depending on how the, how the season's going, whether you're injury, you yeah. have injuries, sickness, whatever. But yeah, I'll sit down with my coach um, and manager, um, the the people at Athletics Australia as well, and kind of work out a plan um, and kind of go from there. Um, and then obviously we have a domestic plan, get through the domestic season. Hopefully you can get through in reasonable shape um, and kind of build from there. And then once you get to Europe, you've got to be ready to go because you're going to be racing on the European circuit, the guys that are going to be at the Olympics as well. So um, you got to try and, yeah, race well in those races, get get some momentum, some confidence leading up towards Paris. A lot of people might not understand this uh, and realise this, to be fair, but so Diamond League, which is the, the major tour with athletics, is, is how you make your money, right? Like you got to run well, you got to earn your spot into Diamond League and then you run well and money's attached to, of course, your performance in particular races and then overall. How, how much does that change? Because you want to run well at Diamond League for financial reasons, but you don't want to peak too early or or too late based on it. it. It's, it seems like a really tedious balancing act. Is that right? Yeah, I think it's hard just because the diamond league circuit's the main, main athletic circuit outside the majors. So, um, yeah, that's where the financials are. Um, and that's where you want, if you're a competitor, they're the races you want to be and you want to get, be racing the best guys. So it, sometimes it's hard to skip meets, um, and kind of 
yeah, work out if it's going to be beneficial for your prep or not. Um, but yeah, I think uh, Tokyo was a good, good um, kind of blueprint for mm-hmm. how I led up. I felt like I got to the Olympics in good shape. So I think I'll be following a similar kind of plan leading up to towards Paris. Does that include going home? You quite famously continually are called the, the mayor of King Island. You have a horse that's named after you called Mick Swain that rolls around in Tasmania and has a fair bit of success, it must be said, in, in Tasmanian racing as well. Do you get to go home? King Island isn't exactly a, 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 a huge enough of population to have a thriving metropolis of, of, of athletes, of, of which you are the main one. Do you get home often? Yeah, so generally it's just over Christmas period. Um, I love getting back there. I kind of kickstart my year there. I love training around my family farm down there um, and just, yeah, it's kind of humbling and also kind of gives you that motivation when you're going back. I'm going to the school oval, training on the, the six-lane track there, running through the golf courses down there, um, and it's just back to, yeah, kind of blue-collar training where it all started. So, um, yeah, I like getting back there. It's an amazing place to train, and I kind of feel like I gain a lot of momentum and kind of motivation to think of all the people from King Island um, who had helped my early career and still help to this day um, and kind of feel like that sets me up to be motivated and ready to go for the next season. When you say run like the family farm, you just just roll out into the paddocks or do you have a designated little track that's trimmed at the family farm? How does that all work for you if you're just running around the paddocks? How, how, How big is your family farm? Yeah, so it's, I think it's about 1,500 acres. Okay. So it's relatively so you got big, some room. But generally when I'm home, it's during hay baling season. So the grass is actually in pretty good nick. There's okay. a few rolling hills. Um, we've got a couple of tough roads. So I think out of anywhere I train, it's probably the hardest place in the world I train. Um, just obviously the King Island weather, it's up and down. Yeah. It's on the ocean. So, um, yeah, it's a tough place to train, but a good place to train. And I think just running-wise, it's the cleanest area in, in Australia, I think, from my perspective. So I love getting back there and training. Yeah, when you – Again, it's 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 we're going back a long time, and I, I'm stressing more it's the population than anything else. But when you're a good runner at a young age, when did you find like like King Island is King Island, but you need to at some point find out that you are of uh, you know more than natural ability and and above a, a certain standard. Like when did you first realize that you're actually a really good runner? Because I assume there wasn't a great deal of competition in King Island. Yeah, so I think it was, I might have been 11 in grade five. I did the school cross country and I was just, yeah, playing as every kid, playing footy, tennis, whatever. Um, not playing well, but I was playing them. Um, and then my PE teacher actually ran. So he'd run a few marathons and he kind of, I did school cross country and uh, without doing any training or anything, absolutely um, dominated on the day. And he was like, hold so hang on. on, did your, belt, your teacher ran, did you say? Or he just, nah, oh, so he was okay, just watching. So, okay, and okay, then he good. was, um, yeah, he's like, oh, you actually have a fair bit of ability here. I'm going to start coaching you and yeah. train you up. And then obviously I went and raced in Tassie and I think I came second in the state that year um, off not much training. And then it kind of, yeah, progressed from there over the years. But um, there's been a lot of hard work over those years to try and get to the, to the pointy end of the sport. Well, when did you think that this could be a profession for you? Like, there's one thing to be really good at something. There's another to dedicate yourself to become a professional in a sport that you have to really be on your on your game every year. When did you think this is actually something I can do? It probably wasn't until 2016. I think I was – I just missed the Olympics in 2016 by two seconds as a 20-year-old thinking, wow, maybe I am close. I need to kind of apply myself a little bit. Um, and it was probably from that 2016 season I was like, yeah, let's give this a full crack. In, in sport and athletics, you probably only have – a 10 to 15 year period yep. where you can be near your top. So I was like, let's give it a crack and see what we can actually get out of the sport. Was it heartbreaking in, in, in well, to miss Rio in, in 2016 or was it yeah, silver linings as you just touched on? You, you sort of looked on the positive more so than the, the disappointment. Uh, it was probably as tough as it was. I think anyone's flat when you miss out on something yep. so close, but it was kind of surprising that I was able to get as close as I was. Um, I was working. I was only training once a day. I wasn't really trained as a full-time athlete. So I was like, 
there's a lot of room for improvement here. Yeah. So hopefully I can kind of, yeah, if I can stay stay in the sport, stay stay the cycle the next four years, hopefully I'm a good chance to make the, the following Olympics. Stuart McSwain in studio. We're going to squeeze a break in wherever you might be. You can fire in the temper text 043398. 1116. Plenty more around the Australian Summer of Athletics. All thanks to Kimmer's Warehouse coming your way next. Afternoons on SEN. Cam Luke in for Dwayne Russell. Drive not far away. Andy Maher, Andy Gaze to roll you into a Thursday afternoon. And Stewie McSwain in studio. Olympic star. And now, of course, getting ready for what's going to be a big 2024. Just off the text. How do you keep yourself from getting bored with all this running? Andrew struggles to run to the shops without being bored. Like, do, do you run with like headphones in or no music? Yeah, it depends. I actually don't mind running with nothing on. Yeah. Um, it kind of gives you a chance to plan out your day, especially in the morning, kind of think about things, think about training a little bit. But yeah, a lot of the time I chuck in, I have podcast or I'll chuck in SEN radio sometimes, Bang. get it going. If, if big Cammy Luke's on or yeah. whoever's on, or if the AFL's on or Saturday tracks on, I might chuck that in. Perfect. Kind of distract me a little bit. On your winner or two. Hey, just quickly before, and we appreciate you jumping in. Um, Australian summer of, of athletics is here. It, it just really feels, I know the, the Olympic year adds a little bit to it, but Athletics Australia have to be commended on how they've continually built up the Australian summer. COVID, of course, stuffed so many things, but the Mori Plant meet last year, the first one under that name anyway, was brilliant. And it looks like, you know, early February is going to be a similar thing. Yeah, there's no doubt this is the biggest meet in Australia. Yeah. Um, I think there's not many meets we get big crowds out domestically, unfortunately. But yeah, Mori Plant last year was packed. Um, I think it was standing room only, only by the end of Lakeside. So, um, yeah, it's on Feb 14 again, so it's going to be a great night of athletics. We Hopefully some big internationals come. We've got the domestic talent. I think last year it showed every race was great, um, mm. and the crowd loved it. So, um, yeah, it's awesome racing in front of big crowds in front of Australia, especially in the Olympic year. There's kind of that bit bit of extra motivation. So hopefully we can yeah put on another great athletics meet. So there's that in Feb 14 or on Feb 14, as you touched on. And then the nationals are in Adelaide, right? How, how do you... How do you go about it when it comes to peaking and making sure you're ready? Because Adelaide, as important as Melbourne is, Adelaide, you, you've got to run well to, to get that qualifying spot. So how, how do you how do you find, you personally, that sort of month between those two meets? you find it okay normally? Yeah, I think it's like European season. Yep. You kind of tape a little bit for the race. You want to perform well in the race, but it's kind of the next day you focus on the next race. You're kind of building back training or whatever. So I think for us, obviously, Melbourne's going to be a big focus in February. Um, and then the, we'll have the Olympic trial um, as you said, in Adelaide, which is obviously a big focus. You want to run well to guarantee your spot on the team. Um, and then it's all systems go towards the European season. Cool little athletics. In fact, it's a real cool little sporting precinct for the Melbournians listening. They know about Albert Park and Lakeside and the Melbourne Sports and Aquatic Centre. Lakeside, I know there's 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 people who, who love the old Olympic Park and, and the way that it was all sort of dealt with. But how do you find Lakeside as an actual track and as an athletic stadium? Because you have ran in the biggest stadiums in the world. How do you find Lakeside a little closer to home? Yeah, I like it. Obviously living around the area, it's kind of a home track, but um, yeah, it's a beautiful track. Um, it's, it's a good looking track. Um, it is. And yeah, I, I do like racing there. Um, obviously it's the home, home of Melbourne athletics. Yeah. So um, yeah, you just hoping the wind's not too, too big coming off the lake. Um, but yeah, it definitely helps if we can get some big crowds there. You kind of don't notice the conditions as much as there's a bit of noise and excitement in the in the stadium. You and I, over the years, last question, we've, we've bonded over a love for Steve Prefontaine, the American distance runner from the early 1970s. I want to ask you about just Oregon and, and, and running over there because 
Talking of cool stadiums, they got one that's pretty nice. Yeah, obviously the new Oregon track. Um, obviously it's the the home of Nike in Oregon. It's um the home of home of probably distance running as well. So yeah, the new Nike facility um there, um yeah, it's pretty phenomenal. Just uh yeah, I think it's it's a purposely built athletics. I don't think they play any other sports. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of yeah, Phil Phil Knight's big plan to. <laughs> have to you met Phil? Uh, I actually have. So yep. I met him in 2022. So that was pretty cool. Um, obviously, I've, I'd read his book. Um, and obviously, he's such a big name in not only in athletics, but um, yeah, in obviously through Nike in the business world as well. So that was pretty cool to get to meet him. Hey, you're a star, mate. Thank you for dropping in. I know we'll talk again into 2024, but good luck for all the major and amazing things that have come your way, man. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot for having me. He's a star. Stuart McSwain. We'll squeeze our last break in and wrap up afternoons next.